that every time I hear a big boom in the distance, uh-huh. I anticipate being incinerated by a nuclear bomb that went off. Welcome back to the Backyard Bonfire. I'm Frank. And I'm Andrew. What's up, Frank? Andrew, you're looking mighty cozy tonight. You got a, was that a scarf or a blanket? No, it's a blanket. Uh, I just sometimes... you're wearing it like a, like a scarf. Yeah, yeah, it's very light. Are it's you like cold? Very, it's very, very light. No, it's just comfortable. It is a chilly. Is tomorrow? It, it's December, right? No, one more day. No, tomorrow's the thirtieth. So that time it's is almost month. December. It's a cold November night. Yeah. No, this is uh this is the same blanket from the show The Haunting of Bly Manor. There's a campfire scene where one of the people are have are wrapped in a blanket and I freaked out when I recognized it as a, the blanket I have. Um, you mean it's the exact same blanket? Exact same blanket, exact same colors. Exact oh, really? same pattern. Yeah. That's I thought cool. I got so excited when I saw now, it. Now is it like um a very, very cheap blanket? Eh. Where did you get it? I got it as a gift. Okay. So, so you'll notice, never and I noticed this as well. When I, at my house, I have a mailbox, obviously. Yeah. And it's one of those, uh, you know, flat ones that go on the house. And okay. you'll notice that lots of movies have the exact same mailbox. And that's because it's the cheapest one at Menards. The one that you have, like, on the front of your house with the little mm-hmm. flap? Yep. Yeah, it I is the it. same one that you'll. I see it all the time in movies. This it's is the cr- cheapest one at Menards. It's crazy though, cause like they'll go as cheap as possible for that, but then Ryan Reynolds will pay like fifty thousand dollars to wear a Betty White shirt in Deadpool. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Like <laughs> it blows my mind, like how they make those decisions sometimes. It's got to be like, oh, obviously it's like, oh shit, we forgot a mailbox. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> one of those deals. Yeah, for sure. That's that's pretty funny. But yeah, no, it's I like it because it's light, and I can wear it even when I'm not hot, just because it's comfortable. You just I wear could, a blanket. When I was a, a baby, Frank, I would go everywhere with my blanket and my pacifier, and my mom had to tell me, well, with my blanket, I I loved my blanket so much, I literally wore it down to shreds to the point where there was no blanket left. Okay. Um, uh, that would have happened with a pacifier, but my mom told me a uh, family of raccoons got to my pacifiers and they stole them from me. So, <laughs> and then I was so angry when a few years later I found the pacifiers in a cupboard somewhere. No, really? Yeah, I felt so betrayed. That's funny. I spent all that time believing the raccoons had stolen the like, pacifiers. That's such a bad lie. <laughs> I know, but I believed it. But, like, why even <laughs> keep them, then? Probably for the sentimental value. <laughs> I guess. You know? Yeah. It, it's one of those things. That's funny, though. I keep the most random things for sentimental value, Frank. I do keep a lot of stupid things, too. Yeah. So. But, no. What else is new besides your... So this is an old blanket, right? Uh, it's... I was never a blanket guy. Like, I'm not, like, a... Like, at night when I'm in bed, yes, I want blankets. But, like, chilling on the couch, I'm not a blanket guy. I just like wrapping them around myself. 
I I just think I feel too constricted with a blanket. I'm like, a, give me a hoodie and I'll be all right. Ooh, you see, but that's the same thing. I I like a hoodie that's like a very light hood. And so like when I feel it, it feels like it's nothing there but to like hide in my face, you know? Mm-hmm. And like I feel, I feel like, like a thin hoodie. Yeah, I like a thin, flowy hoodie, and I like thin, flowy blankets. Makes sense. Yeah. Like, it flows. I walk around in it. I feel like a badass Greek toga-wearing warrior Alexander the Great whatever. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. Yeah, exactly. How's your Thanksgiving, Frank? It was good. We kept it small, kept it safe. Ate good. some good food and um, yeah. Good. I spent you? my I spent my Thanksgiving on the internet. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and I came across something that I think you would really enjoy. All right. Because I know you're the kind of guy who enjoys conspiracy theories, right, Frank? I mean, as long as it's a good one. Yeah. So I was on an Ask Reddit thread, and the guy asked, "What are some of your favorite creepy, scary conspiracy theories?" And this is just people like talking about stuff they're scared of, right? Okay. And I want to just go through a few of these with you and get your impression, and maybe if we're interested, we can delve further into them. If not, we'll just let it go and see what else we can talk about. All right. Sounds good. All right. Yes. So. One of the most common themes in this thread was the fact that there are probably way more serial killers out there than we realize, because the only serial killers we know about are the ones that are getting caught. Right. And with new time and new technology, serial killers are are only going to get better at recognizing why serial killers fail, and they're going to get better at covering up their murders. So there has to be countless of serial killers out there that we don't know about. Um, I would disagree only because, I mean, are there really that many unsolved murders? Like, I, I know there are, but, like, are there a bunch of serial killer numbers of unsolved murders? You see, How many kills make you a serial killer? Three? I think three makes you a serial killer. And I think a lot more than three people die every year unsolved. No, 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 I know, but I'm saying... Do you think that many people are killed by the same person? I don't know. Because I think if you're a good serial killer, you try your hardest not to establish a pattern. And if, right. you, if you can't establish a pattern between kills, you can't identify those kills as being connected to a serial killer. And that's what makes it scary. I get it. I, I'm, I would say I'm not afraid of that one. All right, all right, that's fair. Like I get it, I could, I could go with it, but to me, there's, I don't think there's that many all right. serial killers out there. That's. Funny. I mean, I'm sure there are, but I would say that they're <laughs> not more than we think. Eh, it is what it is, right? <laughs> sure. I feel like gotta mention it is the first thing that came up. I think. I'm, I'm surprised that's such a popular one. I think it's just the idea that like, hey. It totally makes sense that we have access to so much information. It would be so much easier to cover up your crimes. I agree with that. I would say I, I would say there's a lot more murderers out there, but yeah. I would not say serial killer. Okay, that's fair. The other thing was, like, on a percentage basis, like, the population has increased. So, naturally, the number of serial killers would have yeah. to increase. 
Um, number right. two. Theory of the Grey Goop, courtesy of East Clintwood 89 on Reddit. One day, humans are going to be invent micro robots used to break up plastic waste and like waste in general, right? To mm-hmm. s- solve the pollution crisis we are having. Yeah. That goes down a slippery slope. We teach these robots to consume carbon-based matter because even because we produce carbon-based waste, which leads to them consuming just about anything living because most living things are primarily made out of carbon. Carbon. We are carbon-based organisms. So basically we create robots that just will consume all of humanity. Like Um, micro-robots. I can see that one happening. I don't know if the micro robots robots would be flesh eating. You know, robots don't literally eat; they break down. Right. You know, so I can I I don't know how they would kill people. I think you see I again this one I don't agree with as much because i think the importance is containment if you can contain the robots you're fine and what person's going to dive into a vat of micro robots right yeah and yeah and i think there's just going to be a giant kill switch that i think if they realize yeah in my opinion i don't know i can't imagine us I'm creating not a i can't imagine us creating intelligent waste consuming robots right yeah those aren't the robots we need to worry about yeah Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Glad we agree. Got a few more. Okay. The heat exchange theory, courtesy of SSJ Hook. One day, all the heat we use in order to create energy will be expended and the universe will be stuck in a heat lock. So bas- basically, the universe will meet, like, come to its, like, legitimate limit and energy will be, and the heat we use for energy will be consumed. So, like, no more energy transfers will be made possible. I don't understand enough science to get it. But I would say in a couple trillion years, yeah, sure. Yeah. Anything to do universally, I'm like, right. yeah, a few trillion years, yeah. Yeah, all right. Another common one, spontaneous combustion. What do you think? What What of it? Do you think it's possible? Does it scare you? Who, have... Like me? Like I will just? Yeah. Uh, there ha- there have been instances of people supposedly spontaneously combusting uh, uh, <laughs> without explanation. I'm going to give that one a big fat zero. Okay. I am I- not worried about myself spontaneously combusting. I will say that I do have this weird thing in the back of my head that every time I hear a big boom in the distance, uh-huh. I anticipate being incinerated by a nuclear bomb that went off. Oh, yeah. Or, like, just, like, the universe ending suddenly? I would say mine is more of a bomb. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, mine's like a star being a bomb, but yeah, sure. <laughs> yes, I understand that, but I would, to me, that's fair. mine's okay. more this-worldly. Okay. That's fair. I will say, because we've had a conversation about quicksand before, I, as an adult, I somehow fear spontaneous combustion more than quicksand. Because I can't, I can't predict spontaneous combustion. I can see 
a pit of sand and being like, I don't need to step in that pit of sand. Okay, but what causes humans to spontaneously combust? Diet. Uh, <laughs> uh, bad guess. I mean, I will say, I have feared that my stomach would, like, get an ulcer or something and then, like, erode from the inside. But I wouldn't consider that combustion. I understand. I'm sure it's happened where somebody's literally exploded from gases inside them. Not one of my fears. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so what we're here for? We're just ex- exploring the mind of Frank when it comes to these different theories. Yeah, that one's interesting, but no. This one, this next one, legitimately freaked me out. Oh, I don't want to know now. <laughs> you're in a nursing home right now with dementia in the year 2060, but you're just living 20 through 2020. See, I don't like those ones. I always, like, that one's like, um... You know, they say the like the last minutes of your death, your whole life flashes before your eyes. What if you're currently just living in that moment? Yeah. I, I don't like those. Like, I get it, but, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. It's really, I feel like, because it's, it's the hot, or it's the, it could be the same thing as like, oh, we're just alive in a computer, but we don't know type of deal. Yeah, I just don't care for those things. You don't and care to for- me, it's also like. So the dementia thing, you don't, from what I know of dementia, they're living in that time, but they're not doing the things that they say they're doing. I wouldn't know. Um, So my understanding is they could be in the, you know, they confuse people. Sure. I mean, I, I guess we don't really know what's going through their head. But to me, they're still in that moment, but they're miscommunicating information. Yeah, I cause I don't I don't think dementia is where they're reliving things in their head. Yeah, I don't I don't understand it. The part that gets me is like doesn't have to be dementia specifically, but just the idea of mentally deteriorating deteriorating. Oh, I hate that one. Yeah, that one's point, bad. To the point where I have no idea what's real and what's not. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that. That's terrifying. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one's definitely. Yeah, that one's that, up there. That's what I would say. Like me. trying to play it as in now that is what it is. No, the fear of that happening in the future, whether for some reason this is currently the past. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but no. And then I got two more for you. All right. Um, I think actually I actually got two and a half more. This, These next two are kind of combined. Uh, I think they're really cool. So number one, the theory that we're quantum immortals. So what that means is you've heard of diverging timelines in like science fiction, right? Sure. L- like you roll a dice and yes, yeah, you yeah. Have six multiple timelines. Yeah, correct. Right. Okay. So as quantum immortals, when someone dies, that means they're no longer in our timeline, but in their timeline, they continue to live. So like. Not sure I follow. In their timeline? Or do you mean another timeline? Like, so someone in our timeline dies. Let's say Rob dies. All right? <laughs> okay. We're grieving. We have a funeral for him. It, we're very sad. We miss mm-hmm. you, Rob. We love you. Um, Rob's consciousness continues to live in a separate timeline where we all still exist with him. I disagree with that one. 
And not the timeline thing, but that death would make you transfer timelines. You don't think it'd be like a quantum... Well, it's not that you're transferring timelines. There are two separate timelines at that point. One where Rob is dead... Yeah, but why? But... I mean, I guess. I guess I can understand that. But I don't don't, see that there's some of these things just go above my head. (laughs) So, I mean, I guess, but that one might be a little above my pay grade. It's above my pay grade, too. It's just fun to think about, I think. Okay. I'm not going to say this is a thing that happens. I'm going to say, what if this happened? Yeah, well, you can what if all day. Well, that's what we're doing here, Frank. <laughs> okay. We're a what-if podcast. Yeah, true. So the part two to that is different type of immortality. We bioengineer a way to make it possible to be immortal. All right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it only makes sense that that's going to be a process that's only available to the most powerful and probably rich people on our planet. Yes. So the rich will continue to live forever and poor people won't. Okay. What do you think of that concept? Makes sense. Oh, the concept of immortality or the concept that it'll only affect the rich? Both combined together. Um, immortality probably not likely, but um, affecting the rich absolutely. <laughs> I mean, anything that's going to be any kind of right, you know, anything is going to only be accessible to the rich and wealthy. I think it's a really fun one, and if you want to explore it, <laughs> uh, there, I, I I had to bring this up because I watched the show on Netflix called Altered Carbon. Okay, I haven't and heard of it. It's a similar idea. It's it, it's in a future where everyone has like a like a disc in the back of their head, and that mm-hmm. is their con- that is their consciousness. Okay. The bot the body itself doesn't matter. All right, everyone has a natural body that they grow up with, right? But their consciousness is still in a disc. Okay. All right. And if you're killed, your disc can be inserted into a new body and it's still your consciousness. Okay. So the rich people, they have a bunch of, you know, nice bottle bodies. Prisoners lose the right to their body. So their disc is like removed. Their consciousness is removed for their body and that body's given to someone else. You know, kids who die in car accidents, they get put in another body. And, okay. And as long as the disc isn't destroyed, you can live forever. Okay. You do, you do live forever. And if you're poor, you can't afford another body. You just have grandpa's disc in your house forever, you know? Right, because you can't well, afford a body. Right. I I thought oh, that was a really cool concept for a show. And it was kind of freaky. That's interesting. Because, like, if you think, of, have you ever seen the show... Um... Oh, shit. It's a movie. I forget who's in it, but they're, um, the amount of time they have to live is tattooed on them, and it's, like, t- counting down. Oh. And the rich people, and it's, like, currency. You know, like, oh, hey, I need three minutes here, blah, 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 blah. And the rich people have, like, millions of minutes, yeah. and the poor people are, like, fighting for every second. I never saw it, but I know the movie you're talking about. Is it? Is it, um, it's not Justin Timberlake, is it? I feel like it could be JGL, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Hmm, that's possible. I don't remember what it was called. It was called Time Time Clocks, Clock Stoppers, maybe. This was on your bracket, was it not? No. This movie wasn't on your bracket. No, 
That was on my TV bracket. Maybe. No, it was that was um timeless. Uh, that was just okay. time travel. That wasn't about anything like this. This was a movie. Yeah. Um, but that yeah, it's a similar concept. That's of course you know, to me yeah, the rich are gonna benefit from any kind of life preserving, whatever you want to say. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was a cool concept. Um, <laughs> and then the last one. This is a real event that happened. All right. Okay. This there was a man named Lars Meetank. Okay. He's a German man, and in 2014, he's filmed in an airport in Bulgaria. He's walking around. You see him on all the cameras. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, he freaks out and runs out of the airport and disappears into the forest near the airport. Okay. And is never seen again. Okay. And, like, just the idea of, like, what caused him to freak out like that? Seemingly normal guy to just disappear. Like, he's going about his life. And there's video of him just freaking out? There's video of him running out of the airport. But do they catch the moment of the freak out? I think so. Is this confirmed that he's never been seen again? Or is this like... You so, saw this in, on the video. In 2014, he went missing, and he hasn't been seen since. Hmm. I don't know. Man. And like, I can't explain that stuff. And I, I got to imagine in 2014 that there's enough cameras around an airport where they see you pretty much all the time. Yes, I would agree. Um, I don't look into it beyond the initial snippet, but he has a Wikipedia <laughs> page. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Correction, it was a field of sunflowers that he disappeared into. <laughs> okay. Um, but, like, I, I got a question. He was a younger guy, so, like, was he a secret spy that got caught? Was he just crazy and had a hallucination? Was... I would have to see what kind of freak out it was. Did he see something? Did something trigger something? Was it all of the sudden? Was it built up? I mean, there's too many variables to just judge it off of the story. Right. Uh, it seems that he was acting erratic on the cameras, according to the Wikipedia page. Yeah, to me that sounds, you know, mental breakdowny. Yeah. I mean, if that's the case, that's tremendously sad. Oh, absolutely. Oh, but I, it's one of those things, it's like, I just want to know what happens. Like, for example... You know, the treasure hunter we've talked about several times, um, who the guy who hid the treasure in the mountains. And yeah, the guy, uh-huh. I can't remember his name. Now, a bunch of people who were hunting for that treasure are like suing his estate to find out where the treasure was. Because they oh, don't they believe it was do actually fa- they believe it was like fabricated. Really? Yeah. Even and if like, it was, it's not illegal. Right, like they're they're like salty about it because they spent a bunch of money on a treasure hunt and someone else found the treasure anonymously. Right. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah. I'm like. I mean, as for going crazy and disappearing, that's believable, sure. Yeah. As for you know, like I don't know what else it would be. To me, it's like imagine 
we're friends, Frank. We, we, you have a poker night. You know, it's you, me, Rob, Eric. We're eating pizza, having a good time. Then the next day, like, it's a send-off trip. I'm going to visit my friend in Louisiana, right? Mm-hmm. And then the next day, I'm in the airport, and I just run out of the airport suddenly. And you have no idea why. Yeah, I mean, and it I, would be crazy. Like... I ain't got anything important enough in my life to justify just disappearing like that. Right, yeah. I mean, it's definitely an interesting story and yeah. something to look into. Yeah. But I was, like, just obsessed with this thread, Frank. Because, like, like, you read, like, the initial story, like, ooh, that's freaky. And then you read, like, the people's thoughts about the thread, like, what if it yeah. can diverge in this way? What if it's this? What if it's this? And just, like... I like seeing how other people's minds react to these conspiracies. Yeah, yeah. Conspiracies are interesting to just get everybody's opinions on. Because, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like I enjoy a conspiracy theory, but I'm also a huge, like, devil's advocate guy. Yeah. And I think that's why I believe in some. Because I'm always, like, that guy that's like, yeah, but, you know. Yeah, I I'm kind of I I feel like I'm kind of the same, but also like I enjoy conspiracy theories as conspiracy theories and nothing beyond that. Like I accept that there's fun in thinking they might be true, but at the end of the day, I accept most of them are probably not. Yeah, I mean I obviously there's the two that I believe in. And to me, that make it's funny because to me, they're not conspiracies because I believe them. They're truths. Right. You know? Right. So, <laughs> I mean, it's funny that, that the ones that you believe in more seem less of a conspiracy than obviously something else. Well, it's like, it's the idea of like, okay, you know something to be true, but no one else does. So, how do you proceed knowing tr- knowing truth? Because to, to you, it's true. See, to these, these are my, like, devil's advocacy things. So, like, okay, I don't believe we landed on the moon in 1969. I sure. don't. Yeah, to that's me, fine. it just techno- technologically didn't happen. And people say, okay, we'll prove we didn't. And I say, we'll prove we did. And there's no legitimate proof that we that, did. That's where I have to disagree with you. Cause... Okay, you can say pictures. Pictures can be doctored. You could say film. Film can be doctored. All these things. Okay, but Frank, short of taking you to the moon, how would someone prove to you that we landed on the moon in 1964? You can't. Yeah, that's that's why it's a problem. 1969. 1969. I don't sorry. think we did. I, there's, there's no... To me... It makes no sense. To me, it was like, hey, we need to say we landed on the moon so that we can end this war. Boom, we landed on the moon. I'm willing to accept the theory that a lot more people died trying to get to the moon that than we have talked about, but that we know of, but I definitely believe we landed on the moon. Did you see the movie First Man with Ryan Gosling? No. Where he plays um, Buzz Aldrin? I believe he plays Buzz Aldrin. I have not. Or does he play Armstrong? 
Neil uh, he plays one of them, Neil Armstrong. I think he might play Neil. I don't, I don't remember which one he is. But um, he it goes through his story of like learning, you know, becoming a pilot and then be trying to you know become the astronaut, yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. And it tells the story of all these friends that die during these different tests. And it's actually yeah. interesting because you'd never hear about all that stuff that happened leading up to it. Right. So. Because that's, that's cool. not the great feat. The great feat is stepping on the moon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it didn't happen. Yeah. Even though it would take like over half a million people conspiring to cover it up for it. No, because you don't need to tell everybody that's a, that it's a lie. That's you, where people think that it's wrong. People are like, oh, how can you get that many people that work in NASA to say it's a lie? One, I think you could. Two, you don't need to convince everybody it's a lie. How many people in that control room really know what they're who they're talking to on a radio? All right, I'll let I'll let you believe it. That's fine. <laughs> but cons- cons- consider this final point, Frank. Yeah. We wanted to fake it, but as actors, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin were adamant about shooting on location. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's all right. That's good. That's that's yeah. funny. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I've seen it float around <laughs> a few times, so that's I figured fine. It, I figured I shared that joke. You, you know, the internet is great because you see these jokes pop up over and over again, and that's how you know they're good jokes. Yeah, you just and then when you use them, you know. Yeah, I at least say it's from the internet. I'm not gonna. You at least give credit to the internet. Yeah. <laughs> not the not the person you heard it from. I don't need people thinking I'm original because I'm not. <laughs> That's dangerous. <laughs> Most definitely. Um. So yeah, those are my theories. So speaking of like shows and yeah. movies and whatnot, have you, Andrew? Because I know this would be one that you need to watch. Seen the Queen's Gambit? Oh my God, Frank! You can, here's the thing, Frank. Hold up, hold on. Now let me ask a question. Did you say that you watched this already? Yes. Okay. And you guys gave okay. me so much crap for talking about chess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought that you had mentioned it, yeah. and I was like, man, I know he mentioned a chess movie or show, but I was like, he literally mentions a different one every week, and I don't remember if he mentioned this one. There's only like two good ones, man. Yes. So have you finished it? Oh yeah. And what did you back. think? Because I, I just finished it. Obviously, I'm not a huge chess player. I enjoy the game. I know how to sure. play. I don't know how to play, but I know how to how the pieces move. I I can sure. play. Yeah. So what did you think of it? I thought it was a great story that used chess as like action, but wasn't the main point of the story. And it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it did a good job featuring chess, which. Even chess movies struggle to do. But the story of uh, Beth Harmon was very interesting in itself. So have you, um, as somebody who plays chess, read or have you, did you know the people they were talking about when they referenced these old games and people and famous players and whatnot? Yes and no. Because so like the characters in the movie are fictional. Right, but I'm assuming right. the old, but when the history refer- of chess. 
Right. When they're referring to like Casablanca, yeah, I know who that was a chess master, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not I'm not studied enough to be like I know he's significant for this thing. Right. But I like I know that Gary Kasparov, who was like the chess guy after Bobby Fischer mm-hmm. and before Magnus Carlsen, he was like he is like the chess guy. You think chess, you think Gary Kasparov. All right. He was like a what's the word for the show? Like uh oh, what's the word, man, when like uh the show reaches out for help to him. You oh, know, a consultant? Yeah, he was he, he was like one of the consultants for the show. So like oh, really? they took they took famous games and they modified them to fit the show. So they were like sa- they were sound games of chess. But chess is also existing in like the 1960s before computers got involved. So they're mm-hmm. ma- they're making mistakes that wouldn't happen today because like we since then we've looked at these positions with a computer so we know why they're making mistakes that don't seem like mistakes if a human played them back then which i right. thought was re- i thought was really cool to see like chess in a time before bobby fisher even cuz like right a master a master today which is like not even the top of the top in chess cuz you got grandmasters right a mm-hmm. master would kick all of their butts today right Hand, hands down you know mm-hmm. and so like I I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the chess I saw. I watched chess videos on YouTube. I watched a chess streamer. So they went through, like, the different games, and they explained them a little better. Because, like, I can understand tactics, but I can't understand tactics that are, like, 12 moves deep. Yes. And so, like, to see them explain that, like, I can understand them if they're explained, but I can't can't see them, you know? Right. Right. So like to see it explain, I'm like, man, they did, they genuinely did a good job on the chess. Cause other favorite chess movie, Searching for Bobby Fischer, yep, is about a child prodigy chess player, right? And mm-hmm. they they show a position near the end of the game where he's playing one on one in the final against this kid, and he like, hit, like so like all the parents got kicked out of the room because the parents were causing a ruckus. So the judges are like, all right, you guys got to get out. So the parents are, like, watching on a little TV with the coaches or whatever, and the kids are, like, in there by themselves playing chess. All right? And then, like, I, I forget the kid's name, because whatever. Let's call him Bernie. Uh, he had two coaches. He had, like, a professional coach, like a master coach who taught him technical chess, and he had, like, a coach who, like, played in the parks in New York, right? He was like, no, you got to play with personality, whatever, right? And then there's a moment in that final game where, like, his opponent plays a move that's clearly a blunder because everyone goes, oh, crap, this is his chance. He has it forced. He's going to win. But then you go back, you look at the board in the movie, you examine it, and you're like, that position actually isn't a forced win. Like, the position, you know, it's like the the details were off. It's the same where, like, they put a chessboard... And it's sideways when they align the pieces. Like, come on, guys. Small detail. Look it up. <laughs> so, like, That's funny. Queen's Gambit did a great job with that part of it, you know? And, and how did you feel that the tournaments played out? Realistic? No. Well, no. 
It's hard no? to say. It's hard to say because again, this is a different time, so like different true, true. Di- different systems aren't in place. Like I wouldn't expect because there was like never a draw in the tournaments. There were, but like not for her, but there were. It felt like because they he, mentioned. Remember when she said that um, she had to beat what's his face? She would have won with a draw because he had a draw. That was later, and I. I'm fine with the later tournaments. I'm talking like the like the Kentucky State Championship and those earlier tournaments she went to. Mm-hmm. Like, it was assumed that someone was going to win or lose in a knockout in, like, one game every single time. You know? Like, that, I felt like it was assumed someone had to win or lose in a chess game to advance to the next round. Like, it wasn't a point system. Yeah, Which, I don't know. That's I mean... Small, small gripe. But, but, I mean, like... The idea of, like, yeah, everyone's there watching chess. Yeah, that's fun. When, like, there's a, only a few games left, everyone's crowded around the tables. Yeah, that happens. Um, the thing that threw me off the most is because this is, you know, pre, pre, what, 19, it's like 1960s, 1970s, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think the latest thing they played was 1969, so. Yeah, so, like, the chess notation they're using is descriptive notation. So they're going... In, Pawn to ki- to King's Knight four, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, I had to look it up to understand it because it changes based on whose turn it is. The notation flips, and we've since moved from so a pawn to King's Knight four is the knight on the king side. The fo- the fourth row in front of the, the, that knight's starting position is where that piece is. Right. We've moved to an algebraic system where it's just A B C D E F G H. Oh. Okay. One two three four five six. Like 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 now every square has one name, in descriptive notation every square has two names. Gotcha. So it, it could get confusing how they talked about it, but I like that they because kept it's different that. for black and white. Right. So like. Uh, I'm just trying to picture my chest. So, yeah, chessboard. like if you're looking at like if white moves pawn to king's knight four, that yeah. would be like black's king or queen's knight. No, it's still whatever. it'd still be king's knight five. Yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah, but it can get confusing real quick, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, I just I yeah. knew you. I thought you had mentioned it, and then I saw that it broke a bunch of records on Netflix. Oh, I it's, didn't know that. It beat Bird Box. So oh, wow. it's like the most streamed limited series yeah. ever on there, right? Yeah. I think it beat Bird Box. I know it's like their most streamed show ever. I don't know if show and movie count towards their same thing. It's got to, I think. So I know it's the most streamed show ever. Okay. But um, I was just curious. I know you had mentioned it. I saw it broke all these records. I was like, all right, fine. I'll watch it because that's the kind of guy I am. And yeah. I needed something to watch. I just finished Community. So I was like, all right, let's knock this out. Knocked out all eight hours of it in, like, three days. Yeah, what'd you think? I liked it a lot. So, to me, the story behind the chess Uh was a little lax. I think they needed a little more. Like, I understood what they were trying to do. And not to give any spoilers, but, like, with saying that she was, like, her mother. Mm Mm-hmm. But they didn't, I mean, it just, I think they needed to spend a little more time on that story. It, but 
I think the amount of time they spent on the chess was really, really, really good. So I almost yeah. feel like instead of making it eight episodes, make it ten and filter in a little more story. This is the first time a chess story has felt like a sports movie, I think. Yes. Rather than they, a drama. They made chess very, very interesting. Yeah, I think so. No, yeah, it was fun. And uh, I, I think it was just, yeah, I thought it was very good. Um, but because that secondary, see, and it's like they, it's like they made the chess the A story. They did. They but it was did. almost supposed to be the B story. So I think they couldn't get that other storyline. I think what they should have either they couldn't have taken it out because the whole the, you know it was kind of part of it. But I think they needed more. I think we don't get closure in that other story. So, like, to keep it spoiler-free, Beth is fighting some inner demons. Yeah. Right? right? I don't think we get enough closure in that story. True. True. I would agree. But, but I think that I think in a way that's I like it that way because I'm biased because I'm a chess dork, so I, want, I don't want to criticize. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I like the idea that, like, life goes on even after you do whatever right mm-hmm. like yeah I, I i won the world series life goes on so i still gotta fight with those inner demons and that's still gonna exist type of deal so i'm okay with there not being closure in that sense yeah but i i i definitely see the argument like i think they could have gone deeper into it there was a lot of characters that were like oh, i wish that we saw more of that character you yes, know, uh-huh. like Mr. Scheibel. Yes. I I wished we saw Mr. Scheibel one more time. Right. He's the janitor who teaches Elizabeth to play chess. Right. Um, Beth Harmon. I guess I should call her Beth. Um, but no, yeah, it's great. Great movie. Chess.com created a bot where you can play Beth at different ages. No, really? That's funny. Yeah. So. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Like I said, I watched it just because it was getting breaking records, and that's something I just am going for right now is, like, I'm going to watch this hit stuff. And I saw a couple people that were like, I don't see why it's so big. And I I think it could have done better. It's crazy because it was so good. I think yeah. it could have done a little better. Um, that being said, it was, it was great. I, I mean, I recommend it. Yeah. But no, yeah, yeah, 100%. I think I know like chessboard sales rose like 400% since like they're sold out everywhere. Yeah, middle aged women can't get enough of them. Um, you know, the pills in the movie, yes, they look like the most delicious gummy candy. I don't know about you, but to me, they look pills, but they're prop pills, right. Sure. So, so yeah. I imagine I imagine as a prop they're like gummy candy and they look so dang tasty as a gummy candy if that's what they are. I'm assuming they're just sugar pills. Yeah, well, I I part of me wishes they're gummy candy. It's funny because I just watched um Run on Hulu. Not um it's got Sarah Paulson in it and she's like this it's that classic like it's... mom doing something to her daughter to make her sick kind of deal but you don't know what oh yeah it's, the classic mom kinda... not caring about her daughter cause... 
you know, but like where she tries to make her sick for whatever reason. Okay, sure. Um, and so there was a very, very similar green pill in that show, in that oh, movie. Yeah. So, yeah, and so, it was kind of funny. I just finished Green Queen's Gambit. Finished this. Um, actually, you know, this morning. That is, I just, that's probably that? cheap, probably the cheapest pills they could get. There you go. Look at that full <laughs> circle, man. That's, and that is funny. Green pills must be the cheapest Hollywood pill they find. Yeah. So, great way to end it. Do you have a final number? The show's over now. Don't lose your tempers. Here's one more thought. It's the final embers. Um, I, I got some. Yeah, hit me with what you got. So I think I have mentioned before that the Olsen twins on Full House were different handedness. One was left handed, one was right handed. Conspiracy theory: there were triplets, and yeah. then one of them died. <laughs> and so, um. You could tell who which actress was which at that time. Okay. It's funny because they are not identical twins. They are just extremely close-looking fraternal twins. Hmm. So That's I just thought that was interesting I mean, because everybody thinks they're identical twins. Yeah, you see, cause as well as adults, even before the plastic surgery, they don't look the same. But um, but I would say even when they yeah. were getting older, they still looked very very similar. In the um, what I, were they were those detectives or whatever? I mean, they looked yeah, very they ha- similar. I think that's Hollywood magic, you know, just well, hours. Yes, I think they chair, tried right? to make them look as similar as possible. My but thing saying, is because I was kind of thinking about something similar the other day. Kids younger than a certain age, they all look the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> they all got the same crappy haircut if they're a boy or the same pigtails if they're a girl you know like all cut to the same length they got the same clothes the same face shape because they haven't grown into a face yet their bones are still growing they all look the same yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great so like the fact that they share genetics I totally believe it yeah but I, I just think it's funny that everybody yeah. thinks they are identical twins. They are not. They are just very oh. similar looking fraternal twins. Yeah. And they're different handedness. And you can tell in Full House. Now, let me ask you this, Frank. How do we know they're not identical twins? I don't know how you tell. I think you literally need their DNA, right? Well, like, how do we as the public know? Or I is think this just, just something they've shared with us? I think it's just knowledge. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I know. I heard, I heard it. Heard it and I Googled it to make sure I thought it was true, and it came up enough times to where I said, okay, it's true. Okay, fair enough. Four Googles is plenty of Googles. <laughs> um, all right, there's your final <laughs> thought to think about. Yes, sir. That's what we want you to take away, that the Olsen twins are not identical. And that there you go. Look if you learn anything, every Monday morning here at the Backyard Bonfire, wherever you can find podcasts, Except that's that what you need time. to take away. Except that one time. We've done really good. We're coming around on two years. Um, it, It's been a wild ride. Let's, let's hear, here's to two more years of wild ride. Let's, let's, we still got let's, a few months before it's two years, but yeah. <laughs> we're at, uh, what, 16 months? Yeah, something like that. We're, we just want to, we're grateful for, I'm grateful at least for Absolutely. the wild ride it's been. Absolutely.
So thanks for listening, everybody. And remember, there's always room for one more at the Backyard Bonfire. Do, 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 do. Uh.